My major pain has, has been invisible. The mobility aid makes it better. It gives me freedom. It can get to the core beliefs we have about ourselves. Don't ever think you're alone. Welcome to Major Pain. I'm your host, Jesse Mercury, and this week we'll be speaking with Kiera, also known as Coach Key, the fibromyalgia bodybuilder. When Kiera first started experiencing chronic widespread pain, she thought she had injured herself while weightlifting. She went to doctors who ran blood tests, all of which came back normal. So she went to physical therapy, trying to figure out what was going on with this chronic pain. After a year of physical therapy, things were just getting worse. But at that point, she was diagnosed with fibromyalgia by a military doctor, since Kiera has been in the army for eight years. Fitness has been a huge part of Kiera's life since she was 14 years old. So when she got her diagnosis, she started looking up fibromyalgia and fitness, hoping to find others like her who had figured out ways to train with this disease. But almost all the information she found was about people being diagnosed with fibromyalgia having to stop their fitness routine. Kiera was determined to find ways to continue to train, to figure out a way to do what she loves through the pain. I came across Kiera's content on TikTok and was immediately intrigued by this juxtaposition of fitness content and chronic illness content. So I reached out and asked her to come on the show, and I'm so glad she said yes. We had a fantastic conversation, touching on a lot of really important topics. Kiera talks about wanting to hang on to her fitness routine since it's such a huge part of who she is, but learning how to listen to her body and adapt and change her routine to work with her new situation. She talks about seeing doctors who wouldn't take her seriously or claiming that they did take her seriously, but only trying to get her to take medication she wasn't comfortable taking. We also talk about the importance of acceptance, how it was so hard for Kiera to accept her diagnosis, but once she did, she started learning better ways to integrate it into her life. I'm so grateful for Kiera to spend her time coming on the podcast, and I'm excited to share it with you in just a couple minutes. Before we get to that, I have a couple pieces of news I want to share with you. The first is that we have a new review on Apple Podcasts that is so kind. This is a five-star review from Kev Texas who I, I know must be the Kevin that we interviewed on the podcast a couple months ago about ankylosing spondylitis and vestibular migraines. Um, so this is from Kev Texas, Awareness and Inspiration. One of the first podcasts on chronic illness, I listened to deep on my own journey. Learning about the lived experiences of others living with chronic or rare illnesses has really helped me stay motivated and inspired. The thing I look forward to each podcast is Jesse's own update about his journey to receive a diagnosis from his mystery illnesses. His energy and excitement is infectious, which leaves me feeling better after every episode. Kevin, thank you so much for the incredibly kind review. It always fuels my passion for making this show to hear feedback like this from listeners. It is so appreciated. Thank you so much. Leaving us a positive rating and review on the podcast platform of your choice is a great way to help us reach new listeners and is always extremely appreciated. The other piece of news I have to share with you this week is that our bonus episode for the month of March is now available. And for the first time ever, I forgot that it was March. <laughs> I forgot that it was the first of the month and that I needed to record a podcast. It finally occurred to me on the 10th of the month that I had not done a bonus episode yet. So it's a little late this month, uh, but it's a great bonus episode. Andy and I are in the midst of preparing for our big move. I mentioned, I think back in August, that uh, Andy had purchased a home that she and I are moving to, and the time has finally come. So within the next couple of weeks here, I'll be moving. I'm very excited. We've been putting in a ton of work to the new house, uh, getting it ready to go. And I just have to say, as someone with a chronic illness who has not worked in over six years, 
Uh, I can't believe I get to live in this house. I feel so lucky, so well cared for, uh, and just amazed at how things have worked out. I think a lot of us who are unable to work for long stretches of time feel uh, complicated feelings about not being able to pr provide financially. And I know that beyond that, there are a lot of people whose needs just aren't met because they can't provide for themselves. Uh, and I, I just feel so lucky that I've been in this position where so many of my core needs have been provided for me by friends and family, by my incredible partner, Andy. So yeah, I'm really excited to move into this new chapter of our lives together and just grateful to be on that journey. So on the new bonus episode, we talk a bit about this upcoming move, uh, Andy's vocal surgery, which went very well, and of course, the new episodes of Star Trek Picard Season 3 and The Mandalorian Season 3, and I'm just in nerd heaven. So <laughs> it's another great bonus episode. It was late this month, but it is now available. I will put a link to it in the description of this podcast. So if you have signed up on Patreon, you'll have a quick and easy way to link over to the new episode. Our back catalog of bonus episodes are available to everyone who signs up on Patreon, starting at just $2 per month. We have three tiers of support on Patreon, $2, $7, and $25 per month. There are different levels of recognition and even gifts at those different tiers of support. We have amazing uh, Major Pain coasters and tote bags that my mom has made that are absolutely beautiful. You can find pictures of those gifts, descriptions of all of the tiers of support, everything you can unlock by signing up to support the podcast over on our Patreon campaign, patreon.com slash majorpainpodcast. Extra special thank you to our Patreon producers supporting this show at the top tier of $25 per month, Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Ensign Q, Trish O'Brien, and Hipster Leia. Patreon is an incredible way to support this podcast's creation directly, and I hope you will check it out. You can also support this podcast and the chronic illness community by signing up to participate in research studies and surveys through Rare Patient Voice. If you have a diagnosis of any kind, it does not need to be rare, or if you are a caregiver, you qualify to sign up with Rare Patient Voice. When you sign up using our link, rarepatientvoice.com slash majorpainpodcast, which is also in the show notes of this episode, you'll be supporting this podcast as you sign up. After that, if you are selected to participate in a research study or a survey, you will be paid an average of $120 per hour for your time. It's an amazing way to support your community with your illness, support this podcast, and support yourself financially at the same time. You can connect with this podcast on Instagram and TikTok at Major Pain Podcast. You can leave a comment on every single episode on our website, majorpainpodcast.com. You can reach out to the show to share your thoughts, your questions, or inquire about appearing on the show at our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. And we always appreciate if you share this podcast on your social media platforms, share it with a friend, or in any chronic illness or disability groups that you are a part of. Thank you so much to our regular listeners who continue to come back and hear these amazing stories each week. I've got some great stuff recorded that I can't wait to share over the next few weeks. And if this is the first episode you've ever heard, I hope you will subscribe and come back for more. I'll remind you before we jump into our amazing episode with Kiera that my guest and I are not medical professionals. So please do not take any medical action based off what you hear on this podcast without first consulting your doctor. And with that, we'll jump into our awesome episode with Kiera, aka Coach Key, the fibromyalgia bodybuilder. Kiara, welcome to the podcast. Hey, thank you for having me. 
Yeah, I'm really excited to chat with you today. I've learned a bit about you on social media, and I'm really excited to hear more about your story. Uh, but before we get into that, let's get to know you a little bit. So, Kiara, why don't you tell us about yourself? I am a, I always start with I'm a mom because <laughs> my children literally have changed my life, but I'm a mom of two. I have a six year old named Isaac and a three year old named Israel. I'm 28 years old, born and raised in Virginia, and I am engaged to my, well, my fiance, duh. We met in the military. <laughs> that oh, segues wow. into the fact that I'm in the military. I've been in the army for eight years in April, and um, it's been awful. <laughs> really? I <laughs> uh, can't wait to get out. But uh, yeah, military. And then as far as like a business owner, I am a higher self mentor and a life elevation strategist. Awesome. And I just met your son, Isaac, and he is so, yeah. so cute. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's so interesting. Uh, I didn't know you were in the military. Yes, I have been in for quite some time. I, I was going through a lot when I was, God, I think I was 20 and I had nothing to do that summer. And so I was like, Let's join the army. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> let's make <laughs> like a massive a life choice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it, it hasn't been a great experience? No, no. I mean, there were some good points of it, but I I probably should have like never joined. It's it's entirely too uh strenuous and the characters that you meet, it's it's a lot. So I mean, yeah. all in all, I'm grateful for the experience because I do think that it's shaped like me as far as my discipline and my consistency and things of that nature. But yeah, it's been a, a lot. <laughs> yeah. And you said you met your fiance through the military. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> at least, that's, oh, yeah, at least that's some the, good that's things have come part. of it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, discipline is so important for living with a chronic illness. So that is a huge skill to learn. Um, so let's get into it. So Kira, what is your major pain? My major pain is currently fibromyalgia, and I've had hypermobility syndrome for pretty much my entire life. Yeah. So, I, I saw on your TikTok that you were talking, you're, like you're a bodybuilder who was talking about fibromyalgia. And I was like, I got to talk to this person. This is a juxtaposition I've never seen before. <laughs> no, me neither. When I first got diagnosed, well, one, I was experiencing the symptoms like months before I was diagnosed and I, I thought it was just like, I don't know, maybe I injured myself from lifting, but mm. it had been months and months of physical therapy and I haven't, I didn't get any better. I was actually getting worse. It was a, it was when um we were getting ready for a deployment and I was staying like in the States. My fiance was going out of country and I got really, really sick when I was over there. I got my wisdom teeth pulled, which was very, very dramatic. I hate the dentist, but I got my <laughs> wisdom teeth pulled. And then I was experiencing like the most pain ever, like not even just like my mouth, but my entire body. And I was weak. I couldn't move. And my, <laughs> that's why I say I hate the army. My NCOs were like complete jerks about it. Like there was no empathy, like mm. nothing. And so... I went to the hospital. Of course, the one thing that you always hear with fibromyalgia, the tests look great. <laughs> so right. there was nothing that they could see. And so I was fine. I was a 27 year old um, woman and a black woman at that. And so you look healthy. You're presenting fine to us. There's nothing wrong, you know? So I, you know, was still feeling like crap. And when I got home, I kept going to the doctor. And that was when a military doctor, 
diagnosed with fibromyalgia. It was kind of weird, though. Like, it was really weird. Yeah. Okay. So this just happened when you were 27, which is just like a year ago. Yeah. Was that 27? It was 2021. So I could could have this all wrong. Everything kind of just works together. (laughs) Sure. Well, you know, there's always brain fog with these types of things. Yes. So a couple (laughs) years ago, a couple years ago, and your life just changes dramatically. It's like this this pain switch is flipped on and it just doesn't turn off? No, and it it was a while that I was living with pain, but I thought it was normal. I was like, oh, this must be what it's like getting old, right? Sure. <laughs> Can you tell me about your, your fibromyalgia? I mean, you know, I think that anyone who listens to this podcast will be familiar with fibromyalgia being, you know, widespread chronic pain. But how about for you in, in particular, what does it feel like for you? So if I could like explain right now, because right now I am in pain and it's pretty chill. Actually, it's been the best in like two months. I came out of a two month flare. So right now I would say it's at a four and I'm feeling, I'm feeling like pain in my shoulders right now. It's kind of a, um, it's like radiating a little bit, you know, it's just there on my muscles and then my wrists feel like the same it's like a radiating pain like it kind of just moves in that area and same for my knees i'm just kind of like taking a second to feel my body out yeah my knees are feeling like that radiating pain as well and then i also feel it in my neck and it's it's just there but i know when i focus on it it like gets work it it gets worse Mm. so i try not to dwell on the pain as much but it comes and goes when my flares get really bad. The pain is, it could really be everywhere in my body at once. And yeah. I couldn't, I can't move. And I'm just really there, you know, and I'm upset <laughs> because I like to move. Yeah. And when I can't, when I'm limited by my body, I'm like, this is awful. I was just talking about this with my partner yesterday about those moments when you want to be doing something, but your body is saying no, and you are stuck on the couch. And when you go through that over and over and over, it gets so frustrating, you know? (laughs) Yes. And I'm not too sure if you're familiar with the Enneagram, but I'm an Enneagram seven wing eight, and we are the enthusiasts. We love to move. We love to be all over the place, active, we're fun loving, and we're very spontaneous and we hate limitations and so having fibromyalgia is the worst thing i would say for a seven because we don't want to be controlled by anyone Mm. including ourselves. and so when i had those moments where i had this one moment where i got up i usually get up at five sometimes a little bit earlier and i was going to the gym and i I was having a good morning i had san holo playing and i'm dancing around my fiance is looking at me like i'm crazy like every morning and i was just talking to him and all of a sudden like if you could, if you could like turn the brightness down on your phone, that's how quickly the energy left my body. And then the pain like just started to rise. And I'm like, what the heck? And I would just, when moments like that happen, I would just cry. Cause I'm like, I'm doing everything right. <laughs> yeah. And I, I, I'm stuck, you know? Yeah, totally. Absolutely. I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It's a very difficult feeling for sure. You know, a lot of people who have mysterious pain suddenly turn on, go through a long period of going to doctors and being told it's all in their head. Um, But it sounds like you were diagnosed within a relatively short time by a military doctor. Can you give me some more details about that? Yeah, so 2020, I started going to physical therapy 
to figure out what's going on in my back because that was where a lot of my pain was, was in my back. And that was in 2020 and, you know, back and forth, physical therapy, no real, no real help really, because, you know, I'm a personal trainer and I, I'm pretty good when it comes to my form. There was very little that they modified for me. And so I was just kind of like there, like going through the motions, like I'm going to do this to see if it helps, you know, because the first thing they wanted to do was just give me pain meds. And I am not a big medicine person. And so I like, I would literally have to need it like to survive basically, not like to get by. And so I was like, if it's not going to heal me, I don't want it. And that was just that. And so after about a year of physical therapy, it was getting worse after the pre-deployment, getting back. And then I went to this doctor at Walter Reed and they were just, they sat down and they talked to me. Like there was no test that I took. I took numerous blood tests, like so many different tests. Like they, they tested everything to my knowledge and everything was fine. They're like, you're healthy, very, very healthy. And so I'm like, well, doesn't feel like it. And she was sitting down and asking me a couple of questions. And then she was like, you have fibromyalgia. And I'm like, what's that? I'm going to fast or I'm going to rewind for a yeah, second. Yeah. I was listening to a clubhouse episode. It was like a room. And this girl, she was talking about how she was living her best life, modeling, doing great things. And then all of a sudden she had gotten really sick and her life had changed and blah, blah, blah. And she said she had fibromyalgia. And at that moment, I was like, I pray that whatever I have is not that. Mm. And so fast forward to when that woman diagnosed me with fibromyalgia, I was like, oh my God, no. So I'm like, this can't be it. I'm like resisting. Like, I'm not going to like stop everything that I was building. This is not going to be it for me. I have an awareness of what's going on, but I'm not accepting it. Things like that. And, uh, yeah. yeah yeah so it wasn't it wasn't that quick it was at, at least a year of yeah you know, of having this pain and going through physical therapy thinking it might have been related to something strenuously physical that you had been doing yeah uh and then finally getting to this point where it's like no you have a chronic pain condition and this is not yeah. gonna go anywhere yeah yeah yes 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 and i already had an idea that some doctors viewed fibromyalgia as like in your head hmm. and a few doctors that I was encountering, especially in the military, they kind of like treated me like, Oh my God, like a problem child basically. And I'm like, I'm not even here complaining. I'm just like, I hurt. And I don't think it's normal for me to hurt every day like this. And I really want help so that I don't hurt like this every day. Cause I've yeah. got kids. My fiance was deployed that whole year was a dumpster fire my fiance <laughs> was deployed we we were closing on a house isaac started his first year of school and then i was diagnosed with fibromyalgia all in one year and so i'm like trying to hold myself together and then i have these doctors who were supposed to be helping me and they were just like adding to the problem yeah i and that's so frustrating i was actually before we started recording i was watching some of your TikToks, and i heard you talking about um doctors kind of making you feel like it was all in your head. Um, yeah. And is that the period in which this happened, that first year before the diagnosis? No, 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 no. After I was diagnosed. After you were diagnosed. Okay, tell me yeah. about that. There was this one doctor, because I'm, tr I'm trying to recollect everything, because it was just a lot. I was going to the doctor a lot. Yeah. And I get to him, and I already tell him, like, what's, what's what. 
I don't believe that fibromyalgia is in my head. I believe it's an actual condition. And I, if you're a doctor who believes that, I don't have time for it. Mm. I also told him I am not depressed. I pray every single morning. I practice mindfulness. I meditate. I'm vegan. I take vitamins. I am a higher self mentor for crying out loud. I am not depressed. And so, and I also told him, I do not want medication. If you're going to give me medication, you're going to waste my time. You are a doctor. I need to make sure that you can help me get better. And then this man tries to diagnose, or he tries to prescribe me antidepressants. Mm. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> like you must think I am dumb. And so that's like the thing that I kept encountering is doctors being like, oh, no, yes, it's not in your head. It's like, I believe you, but here's some antidepressants. I'm like, what? Yeah. So, yeah. Frustrating. And after a while, you know, for me, having so many doctors tell me what I was experiencing wasn't real, I started to question my own sanity and started to question yeah. whether or not there was something that I was doing that was causing this pain. Did you go through that? Yes. Yes. I was actually talking to a friend at the time and I was like, I'm going to try the placebo method. And I'm also going to try and just tell myself it's not real and I don't have it. And honestly, it got louder. Yeah. <laughs> like it, it was hurting even more like, nope, I'm here and it's real. But no, I was taking, <laughs> I was taking these vitamins like this is going to heal me. <laughs> and I would just take it and I was believing it. Right. Mm. And I was thinking like, yeah, this is going to work. Law of attraction. Right. No. So it got worse. And then I got depressed. <laughs> so I'm like, oh God, <laughs> this is the cycle. This is so frustrating yes. because yes. like we're, you know, we're dealing with a uh, a misfire in the mind-body connection, you know? Yes. Like something is wrong there. And then based off of what doctors are telling us, we're like, okay, well, let's stop believing the signal. Let's stop believing the message that I'm getting. And then you are actually like distancing uh, the, like, the, the connection between your mind and your body. You're like putting in some like gap between yourself and it makes things worse. And then yeah. you stop believing yourself and then you start to get depressed and anxious. So, like, yes. all the things that doctors accuse us of doing become real because of what doctors are telling us to do. And then we get stuck in this cycle of, like, well, now doctors won't help us because now I'm anxious and depressed and exactly. my pain is worse. Yeah, it's awful. It's so unfair. And they just made, they made it worse. Like, oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. I do go through the cycles of, because I'm a very happy person, but... Like in a flare, I literally have to fight tooth and nail to not get depressed because of the limitations. Yeah. And how do you how do you fight that? What techniques do you use? My daily routine is pretty mentally and spiritually fortifying. And so that's just how I live. And so when a flare comes, I just continue what I'm doing. But I do have to be mindful of resting and affirming myself like if I'm flaring and I can't do anything and I had all this stuff planned, I'm like, here, let's just honor your body. Your body needs to rest. There is tomorrow. We can do this tomorrow. But right now you need to listen to your body. Yeah. How it seems like you've gotten to a, a place of more acceptance about what's happening. Yeah. What was that like? And how long did that take? Very recent, actually. It was <laughs> it was during a time where my my fiance, he was like getting me dressed because I couldn't, I couldn't move. And he was feeding me. And I was like, wow, this, 
as much as I don't want this to be my life, I I have to like accept the current limitations that I have. And then I also have to understand that things can get better. There was a book that I was reading and it said like, before you can be healed of something, you have to acknowledge that it's actually there. Because if you're like, oh, there's nothing there, then what do you need healing from? So I had to acknowledge, yes, I have fibromyalgia, but I don't believe that I'll have it for the rest of my life. And so accepting it, I think is just a part of healing for me. Yeah. And very important part. Absolutely. Tell me about your hypermobility. When did that start? That has been my entire life. Really? And one of my doctors, it was when I was pregnant with my second son, I kept my my uh, my pelvis, the little sacrum in the middle, it kept getting stuck. It kept popping out of place mm. randomly, either when I was just moving around or if I laid down, it would get stuck and I couldn't get up. I'd be like a dead bug on the ground. And my oldest, he was like three at the time, trying to scrape me off the ground whenever my fiance wasn't home. And I went to the doctor and he's like, yeah, you definitely have hypermobility syndrome. He like took my hand and he was like moving it certain ways to try and see Whoa, if yeah. it was, yeah. <laughs> you just bent your if thumb it, all the way back. <laughs> yeah, he was doing all this bending and stuff. And I used to be able to take my hand and I could still do it. But when I was a kid, I would take my hand and twist it all the way around and I would show everyone and they're like, oh my God, that's so cool. And uh, look at me putting like so much trauma on my joints. And so here I am 28 years old, so much pain for a cool trick, but yeah, you just can't, you, you stretch more than most people and it, it stresses your joints and stuff out. Yeah. Have, have any of your doctors ever talked about a connection between that and your chronic pain? Yes. Yes. The rheumatologist that I went to, he was like, yeah, having hypermobility syndrome, it leaves you pretty open to like arthritis, rheumatoid, rheumatoid arthritis, fibromyalgia, different things of that nature. He was like the, maybe one of the few that mentioned something about the like connection, but they didn't really pay too much attention to the hypermobility syndrome. Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. And before we started recording, you mentioned that you were looking into EDS, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome, a connective tissue disorder. When did that yeah. come up? My friend, Liv, she has EDS and I would always vent to her or ask her like, hey, do you feel this or do you ever feel like this? And just getting advice for when I go to the doctor and she's like, girl, it sounds like you have EDS. And I'm like, well, none of my doctors told me that. So I don't know, but I, I'm listening to her and I'm hearing her out because I need to figure out like what's going on. But I have to go to a certain doctor to be diagnosed with that. And so right now I'm going through the motions of going to my doctor, getting a referral, and then going to see them in between working and stuff. So, wow, yeah. yeah. And, and that process is infuriating. Like trying to get any medical question answered takes months yes. or years or decades uh, sometimes. Let's hope I'm still alive, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. But yeah, it, it takes too long. Like if somebody was really like in dire need, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah. So what is your instinct about this EDS situation? Do you think that you have it? <sighs> I don't know. It sounds like what I experience, but I really don't want anything else, <laughs> mm. if I'm being honest. So I just want to wait and see what my doctors say. And then, of course, the, like, the treatment plan. Like, what are we going to do to help me because all of the natural things that actually benefit you. So massage therapy, acupuncture, and oh, what was the other one? 
chiropractics and such health insurance doesn't cover that Mm -hmm. so it's a it's a process to take that natural healing route when all they want to do is prescribe you medicine yeah for sure and you know eds and fibromyalgia are similar in that they are both chronic conditions for which there is no cure but there can be certain you know practices that can help um help you manage it so you know and i hear you about like not wanting to have anything else but the thing is is like you already have what you have (laughs) yeah and sometimes knowing the name of it is the first step in learning how to manage it appropriately um but it could be that you have the name already it could be that you just have you know hypermobility and 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 fibromyalgia and chronic pain you know that could be the answer still um, but I do think that what you're doing and like co- going down uh, these avenues of trying to find more answers if they are there, I think that's very wise because oh, thank you. I was misdiagnosed with fibromyalgia for years and I like stopped. I'm not saying that you are, I, but I was. And I stopped looking for an answer for a long time until things got to the point where I couldn't function anymore and we had to go back to the drawing board. Um, and like all of a sudden, all my doctors are like, there's no way this is fibromyalgia. And I'm like, you've been telling me it was fibromyalgia for years. Oh, my, you know? <laughs> um, oh my goodness. Yeah. But like you, you kind of, when you get a word like that from a doctor, you wrap it up into your identity. You have to go through this process yeah. of like making it a part of you. So the idea of changing it gets really overwhelming because getting that name in the first place was so hard. You know, it's like such yes. a battle in the first place. Um, but I don't know. I've been I've been on this journey for a long time. I'm I'm 38. I'm at the point now where I I've started to recognize that what doctors tell me versus the reality of what's happening in my body are not always the same. And yeah. the only reality that matters is the one that's happening in my body. You know, doctors exactly. are trying to like find names and words to put to things. Um, oftentimes so that we'll stop bothering them. <laughs> yes. Like you went to school for 10 years to not be bothered. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because some of these things are so hard to pinpoint. And fibromyalgia is an interesting one because it is a diagnosis and also a description of symptoms. Um, yeah. You know, it means you have chronic pain. And for some people, that's the answer in the end of it. But for other people, it's not. You know, for yeah. other people, there is a reason that you have fibromyalgia. And if yeah. your reason is some sort of hypermobility uh, connective tissue disease, you know, that's not going to change the reality of what's happening in your body, but it might change the practice with, that you use to manage it. Yeah, there was another possible diagnosis because I was having issues with my heart mm. and irregular beating. I've had like three episodes in the past year, but basically I would just get extreme. It would feel like anxiety, right? But I wasn't anxious. My heart would be beating kind of funny. And then I would get like sharp pain in my chest, shortness of breath. There was one time I was actually driving to neurology in Maryland and I could barely breathe. Like I had to pull over and they had to transfer me to the hospital because I I couldn't breathe. I was like, I don't know what's going on. My heart is like flipping out. And they're always like, oh, it's, it's, it's anxiety. It's this, it's that. And then recently they were able to detect a an arrhythmia and then they, they also sold pacs and so i'm like okay you're seeing some irregular like beating in my heart is this normal i don't think it's normal for it to happen this often so i'm going to cardiology but one of my friends she had suggested that it was pots but i did like the i did the sit 
the lie down, sit up, the tilt stand table. up. Test. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. I did that at the doctor's office. It wasn't too crazy, but then another day it like shot up a lot. And so I don't know if it's like irregular. I don't know, but going to the doctor to see what else. Yeah. That's a tricky one too. I I've looked into that for myself as well. And I did a full dysautonomia panel and they found that I did not have POTS, but they, they found evidence of a different type of dysautonomia called small fiber neuropathy that I'm still waiting mm. for testing on. I'm getting so yeah. close. It's like a couple of weeks before I see a new neurologist to yeah. potentially test for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, with, with EDS, POTS and EDS go together a lot, you know? Um, mm. So yeah, I mean, it seems like you're on the right track as far as looking into things and looking into a potential further diagnosis. It seems to me like there's a part of you that feels like fibromyalgia alone is not the, is not the full encompassing picture of what's happening in your body. Yeah. It doesn't really, it doesn't really seem like it just because the issues that I've been having with my heart and the widespread pain, I can understand that, but I also feel I can, I can feel like my nerves and everything. And mm. I mean, like, duh, right. But I can feel like there's something off, like possible, like nerve damage. And there has to be, there has to be like other tests to be able to check, to make sure there isn't anything that's like significant. That's the main thing for me because I have two boys and as much as I want to not care, cause I, I did, like, I was like, I'm not going back to the doctor. It's whatever. I'm going to be fine. But then I was like, I need to make sure that I'm okay. Because the last thing that needs to happen is for something to happen to me because I was too fed up to go to the doctor and figure it out. And, you know, I'm not here for my babies. So I am back on the whole doctor journey as frustrating as it can be, but I do want to make sure there's nothing crazy. Yeah, absolutely. You, I mean, you owe that to yourself for sure. And doctors owe it to you. You know, they act like they don't, but they, that's what, that's what they're for is to try to help you live your best, healthiest life. And a yeah. lot of doctors are not willing to dig deep on patients like, like us who are complicated, but there are plenty of doctors who are, and sometimes it just takes trying over and over with different doctors to find the right fit, to find someone who's willing to fight for you. Yeah. It's like, they've never seen mystery diagnosis. I actually grew up watching that show <laughs> and I'm like, y'all aren't excited to try and figure out what's going on. No, you don't care. All right. Cool. <laughs> so tell me about your, uh, you know, tell me about your fitness a little bit. Cause you know, I, I've seen some of your TikToks talking about your fitness journey and, you know, weightlifting and, it sounds like, you know, that must have been deeply impacted by your fibromyalgia diagnosis. Um, so what was that like before and after your diagnosis? How has that changed? So before I've honestly been crazy about fitness since I was 14, I started learning about exercising back then. And then when I got into college, you know, I stuck with it. I had my first son and that pregnancy, I kind of kept it light, like yoga or whatever. And then after I had him, I wanted to like find myself again. And so I got back into fitness and fitness is what helped me do that. And I started helping other moms get their, their bodies together and find themselves again and turned it into a business. It evolved tremendously, but it's just been a part of me. It helps me be happy, show up as my best self, have more energy and and look amazing. That's like the the external aesthetic, you know, benefit, but there's so many internal benefits that I fell in love with and it's just always been a part of me whether or not someone was 
training with me or not. I would always train my body with the military that, I mean, that kind of helped because we did have to stay in some sort of physical, you know, readiness or whatever. But yeah, so fitness was just my thing. I had started getting into trying to put on more weight because I'd been small most of my life. And I'm like, all right, let's put on some more muscle, tired of being tiny. And so I started lifting heavier and right up until like, right when I was telling you in 2021, when I got diagnosed, I, I kind of had to take a break for a little bit because of everything that was going on, moving and being diagnosed, deployment and everything. And I started looking up people with fibromyalgia and fitness. And I was just asking like, how do you, how do you train and stuff with fibro? And almost every last person was like, I had to stop. I had to stop Mm. training. I had to stop exercising. And I was like, oh my God, no, no, there's no hope. (laughs) Oh my God. And so I, I don't know. I was like, yeah, this isn't for me. I have to, like, I would literally lose myself if I stopped training. And so I just found ways to continue to train my body and manage the pain because honestly, strengthening the muscles around your bones and everything, that's a form of like healing for my hypermobility syndrome. Like it it helps it. So I'm like, if I stop training, I am not doing myself any justice. So I just, I found different ways to train with my TENS unit. I changed up my my splits and how often I would train, but I was like, yeah, no. Like I've trained in a, during a flare one time and I just had to kind of take my time with it, but I just couldn't, I don't know. I wanted to be like that form of hope for someone that I was looking for when I searched, like, can you mm. still train with fibromyalgia? And actually someone had reached out to me on Instagram and was like, Hey, how do you, how do you do it? And I, you know, I basically share with them what I did. And this was like a few weeks ago and they actually got back into, what was it? I think martial, either martial arts or boxing or something that they did before. And they told me that they had a match coming up and I was like, Oh my God, yes. And so I'm like, that's one person, but yeah, no, I, I want to be a source of hope for people with fibro because it sucks but it takes a high level of discipline to be like, I hurt, but I'm not going to let, I'm not going to let it win. And so I'm going to figure out how to, you know, do what I love in the pain through the pain. So is there a, I imagine there must be a high level of um, listening to your body and knowing when is the wrong time to push. Yes. I've had one of those those moments. Yeah. It was a, I was about to go exercise in my gym and felt like crap, but I was like, no, no. So I go in there and doing shoulder press and literally it was just 20 pounds, nothing. But my arms were like shaking. I'm like, okay, I can't do it. Mm-hmm. I can't do it today. So I need to go rest. And that's what I did. Yeah. So you definitely have to pay attention to your body, know your limits and, and uh, honor yourself. Do you have days where, pushing through makes things worse? Oh, definitely. I I actually, there are some days where you need to rest and there are some days when you need to push, but only you know that. Yeah. No one, not a per, no one can tell you, hey, you need to push through. You have to know within yourself when I can push or not. I have these affirmations on my window and one of them says, when your symptoms are flaring, listen to what your body is trying to tell you. And that's helped me so much. It gives me grace for when things are out of my control. Yeah. 
And if you do push through on those moments when you shouldn't, I mean, I'm, I would imagine that it causes a worse flare and sometimes you're yes. out of commission for days at a time. Yes. Yes. And that's what I have to remind myself when I'm thinking about doing the most because that's, I'm stubborn. And so yeah. that's the thing that I have to deal with. But I'm like, uh, how, how much is this worth like to push through it in this moment and then, you know, be out of it for a few days? Yeah. That's something I'm struggling with right now is like, I'm doing better and I don't know where my limits are and I keep accidentally pushing through them. And yeah. sometimes pushing a little bit is good because you kind of can break through a barrier and feel better. Yeah. But sometimes pushing a little bit is bad because you then you break through a different type of barrier and feel worse. And yes. I, I don't know how to tell the difference between the two. I can't tell the difference until it's happened. And I'm like, yeah. I also my fiance like, hey, I'm not feeling too well right now. And I'll just have to stop. And yeah, like when I'm working during the week, we'll be sitting down for dinner. And sometimes I can't even like hold my head up. And I'm like, I have to go to bed. Yeah. What's that been like as a, as a partner and as a mother to suddenly have these health challenges pop up out of nowhere? What has that feeling been like? I do not ever want to be a burden to my family. And I want it to take care of my body, eat healthy. I'm vegan. I train my body. I do all of these things so that later down the line, they don't have to take care of me. You know, I want to be able to be healthy. And here I am like with a chronic illness and I'm like, oh my God. And so I did like give my fiance the option to leave me. I was like, if you don't want to deal with this, then I like no hard feelings. <laughs> I completely understand because this is like a lot. And I know him as a person. He's very, very like chill, very, um, he doesn't like to do a lot, but that's just him as a person. It's no biggie. But I was like, yeah, so if you don't do this, we cannot do this. And he was like, I'm here with you. And I'm like, oh, well, thank you. You're, you're amazing. I was, I mean, I just don't like to be a burden. I don't like it. And my boys have been the best. I explain everything to them. Like they're tiny humans, you know, like adults and stuff. And I explained to them my condition. I explained how it feels and how I may need them sometimes. And so there will be moments where I can't, uh, walk like the best. And so they'll help me get up the stairs or I'll be really hungry, but I'll be weak. And so they'll go get me food or they'll get me water and they'll check on me. Like, how are you feeling, mom? Are you in, are you in pain right now? And I'm like, yeah. And so they'll, they'll take care of me. They're like, let's go to bed. And they're so sweet. Like they're so, so sweet. And I'm so grateful for them. Yeah. That's awesome. And you know, your, your family chooses you as well. You know, they, yeah. they want you and they don't, they don't care if you have a health condition because they love you. Um, yeah. But I, I hear what you're saying. You know, I've had those moments too of like, I will remove myself from the situation yeah. because I feel like a burden. And, you know, and that's hard, you know, that's something that I had to work through. Um, and it took me a long time to recognize that I bring a lot of value to my relationship yeah. that only I can bring um, and to trust the people who love me when they say that they want me around and they don't care that I come with some extra complications. Yes. That's humans who are very understanding of these conditions. I truly, truly appreciate them. I have a neighbor who I only knew for a few months when I moved out here and there was one day I could not get out of bed. I could not even feed my kids. And so I had texted her 
And she came over, she made them breakfast and she made me breakfast. And I'm like, oh my God, my fiance was still deployed, but it's like moments like that and people like that where you're just, you're so grateful, you know? Has this experience changed your sense of empathy for other people going through something similar? Yes. Oh my God, yes. My grandma has MS and I thought about all of the times where sometimes my family, they would like treat her like a burden. And mm. sometimes she would get really frustrated and they couldn't really understand why. And having this condition made me just understand so much more. I call her, I make sure I hold her accountable to like some form of fitness. Cause I know that that's going to help her. So it'll be so light, like, so light, like maybe like two pound dumbbells or even just lifting her arms, but I'll check on her. And I, I try to make her feel like really special and like, she's not an issue because for so long she's had MS her whole life. And to see how some people may have treated her and I don't even know how doctors may have treated her, you know? And so I just, I try to give her like, everything now because i like i see her wow that's so important i love that well i have one more question for you if you could send a message back in time to yourself when you first were diagnosed with fibromyalgia and you were facing this really challenging moment in your life and you thought that you might lose things that mattered a lot to you if you could send yourself some words of encouragement what would they be i would say that it's okay to pause and not be all over the place. It's okay to just take care of yourself and let that be your focus. And yeah, not feel guilty about it, not feel behind in life to take care of yourself and to slow down. Yeah, it's okay to slow down. You don't have to do everything. You don't yes. have to be the best at everything. You can just be your best which looks different for everyone every single day yeah yeah and and you know sometimes your best is lying on the couch and watching tv yes it <laughs> and is. that's okay <laughs> sometimes i'll i have a journal that i write in every day and at night it asks me what did you accomplish today and sometimes i will put i survived the day mm. and that is enough <laughs> i love that I made it through. Yeah, sometimes yes. that's all that all that you can do and sometimes that itself is a victory. Absolutely. Um Kara, amazing job today. Thank you so much for sharing a piece of your story with us. Please tell us where people can go to connect with you online. Thank you so much for having me. On Instagram, it is at Kiera, K I E R A dot Janelle, J A N E L L E. <laughs> and you can find me on TikTok at Kiera dot Janelle. Yeah, and I know you go by uh, Coach Key. Yes, Coach Key. It kind of stuck. I can't remember the first person who called me that. It was one of my clients, and I was like, I really like that. I'm going to run with it. And I did, and everyone, everyone calls me that. Awesome. Well, I'll tag you on Instagram and TikTok for our listeners who follow the show on those platforms to have an easy way to, um, to get over to your page and to connect with you. You got a lot of really interesting content, you know, talking about your journey and talking about, you know, your fitness journey as well as your chronic illness journey. And I just think that that's such an interesting combination, something I, like I said, I'd never seen that before. Um, I think that it's a really important message to send that having a chronic illness does not mean that you can't have a fitness journey as well. Yes. 
And I think, you know, what I love what you said about your, your grandma. It's like having some movement is so important. Yeah. And for some people, thinking about it as fitness can be a barrier. Um, yeah. You know, and I like to say, like, just make sure you're getting a little movement. It could be just yeah. like wiggling around on the couch as you're lying down watching TV. You know, raise an arm up and down, raise a leg up and down. Yes. Um, just wiggle your spine back and forth. Anything you can do. There's a huge difference between limited movement and no movement. And exactly. Th there's so much benefit for your body with limited movement, even if that's all you can do. You know, I, I went through years where my movement was so limited. And, you know, now that I'm getting back into being more functional and moving around more, I am so grateful for every single time that I move my body over my flare-up yeah. years because there's so, there's so far for me to go now to get back into shape, you know? And it's like my getting my heart back in shape, you yeah. know, like making sure that my, my body is functioning as well as it can. Um, you know, I... I haven't used a wheelchair in, in months, but yesterday I had to for the first time in months. And yeah. I, it really, really helped because I needed to get some movement. And just using a wheelchair is a great way to get some movement. You know, I got outside, get, get some fresh air, use my arms to move myself around. And yeah. today I feel so much better. You know, I, I kind of felt myself sliding back a little bit and getting that little bit of movement really, really helped and kind of get me back on the right track today. So, yes. yeah. What, and it doesn't matter what it looks like find something accessible to you, be adaptable. It doesn't matter what it is as long as you try something. Um, you know, for people with POTS, I know how hard that can be, but you can do it lying down. You know, you can do anything. Yeah. I say movement is medicine, so I do love that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. Um, oh, and I know you are doing your own podcasting, um, if that's something you'd like to share with our listeners as well. Yes, the Choose You podcast will be joining the game in May. I have to have to do a couple of things on my end, but I'm excited to share more about elevating your life and bringing more awareness to mental health and mindset. And so if you guys want to check me out, Choose You podcast on pretty much all the streaming apps. Awesome. Well, Kara, thank you so much for your time and for sharing your story with us. I know your kids need you. Yes, God. <laughs> so thank you so much for spending this time with us today. Thank you for having me. Thanks for listening to this episode of Major Pain. I'm Jesse Mercury, your host and the producer of this podcast. Artwork by Egg Salad Salad. Our theme music is the song Time Machine from my sci-fi synth-pop album, available at jessemercury.bandcamp.com. Send your thoughts or questions to our email address, majorpainpodcast at gmail.com. You can also use that address to find us on PayPal. Tips are greatly appreciated. Don't forget to leave a positive rating and review on Apple Podcasts or the podcast platform of your choice. Find more information about this show or leave a comment on any episode at our website, majorpainpodcast.com. Major Pain is supported by listeners on Patreon. Thank you to our $2 per month supporters, our $7 per month patrons Naomi Adele Smith, Sunny Roberts, Laura Stevens, Brooke Walters-Schmidt, Kelsey Madsen, All Around Foundation Waterproofing, Danielle Signorelli, Alexandria Henderson, and Justin Minnick. And our $25 per month producers, Steve Cavanaugh, Chris Fowler, Ensign Q, Trish O'Brien, and Hipster Leia. Learn how you can support the show while receiving special recognition, gifts, and monthly bonus episodes at patreon.com slash majorpain podcast.